you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Season with Peter Schrager, uh, a brand new episode here. I'm joined by my wonderful producer, Aaron Wong Kaufman. Aaron, welcome to week two of training camp, my friend. It's pretty exciting getting lots of video, seeing uh, all these rookies making big catches. And, uh, you know, it's you had a, your own little trip to training camp, which uh, made some waves, too. Yes. Good intro. Um, that's what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know, we try to get you behind the scenes stuff. We try to bring in coaches and general managers. I don't often bring in current players as guests because I feel like they're usually pretty measured and we're not getting anything that you're not going to get at the podium. And in the rare instance that you do get one of these all access interviews with a current player, it might be with a former teammate of theirs. I, I honestly feel like coaches and general managers and media guys and celebrity fans, that's my wheelhouse. Current players often are 20 years younger than me. They're often uh, in a in a PR const, uh, restricted forum where, okay, I'll give you this guy, but you get 15 minutes with him and you've got to either A, plug the foundation first and foremost that he's working with, fine, or B, the uh, the product endorsement he is dealing with. Again, I've got great relationships with a lot of these guys around the NFL. I respect the players more than anything. But as podcast guests, few and far between would it be a guy that I'm like, all right, let's go 30 minutes deep and let's really bring out what makes you what you are and tell us stories from current players. Rare exceptions. George Kittle wants to come on, always welcome. Uh, you know. And then there's one guy, one guy in the league who I think is always unfiltered, is always himself, is always authentic, can be polarizing to many, can be fascinating to all, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, this podcast is about my interview with Aaron Rodgers Sunday at Jets training camp, and I wanted to set the stage. I wanted to give you all the behind the scenes. I wanted to give you the context because we're recording this on Tuesday morning, and I was out at a local restaurant yesterday, and this doesn't happen ever. Um, there's a little TV. And ESPN's on, and PTI is on, and I look up to PTI, and it's not Tony and Mike's faces. It's my mug with Aaron Rodgers. And the the guy sitting at the bar looked at me and kind of gave me that weird look, and I just kind of nodded and, and walked out. Uh, NFL Network stuff is not often used on ESPN, and it was the lead story on ESPN. And this interview was actually done on NFL Plus, which is the streaming app that we were talking about last week on the Gronk podcast that the NFL is putting – a lot of eggs into their basket to kind of push. And I'd like to think I had the first NFL plus moment and it had nothing to do really with me at all. It was Rogers and it was Sean Payton. And as much as I uh, appreciate the many texts and tweets from people saying that the way I crafted the question to get to Aaron Rodgers's money quote was masterful. It was really all Rogers and I just gave him a runway. So this is 
the story behind the story for Sunday's bombshell Aaron Rodgers interview that I conducted at Jets camp. Um, Aaron, let me first set it up a couple days earlier. Thursday morning, I'm at Good Morning Football hosting the morning show, our first week back from a nice summer vacation. And I get a text from my friend Adam Weinberg, who is a football fan and does not work in the league, and says, holy bleep, did you read these quotes from Sean Payton in USA Today? And I'm like, USA Today? Um, Sean Payton? I, Payton's a dear friend of mine. I, I spent all last year with him at Fox. I No, I, Sean Payton. What quotes does Sean Payton have that are bombshell quotes in the USA Today? And I'm not dismissing the work of Jared Bell, who's a Hall of Famer. Like, usually this is, comes from the beat reporter if he's going to have some bombshell thing or it's coming on McAfee's show or Jared Bell with a sit down in print that 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 went to the USA Today. I'm like, what are you talking about? We finished the show and the article is published and Aaron, Sean Payton's comments in the USA Today blew me away. Let's go through some of them. This was from Sean Payton last Thursday. Jared Bell, great re- great reporter, legendary Hall of Fame writer. And here's Peyton. Can I say this to you? I'm going to be pissed off if this is not a playoff team. Winning is the salve for the whole organization. Makes everyone feel better. Okay. Nothing crazy there yet. I feel like that wasn't the quote that I was like, uh, and then we keep going. It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. And that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much expletive time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around, and all this stuff. Okay, that's a shot at the old uh, regime, but also some guys who still work there in Denver. Yeah, getting a little muddy there. (laughs) A little muddy. Next line. There's so much dirt around what happened to Russell Wilson last year. There's 20 dirty hands. For what was allowed, tolerated in the freaking training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense, I don't know Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall, shoot. They couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach. The GM, by the way, Aaron, George Payton, who's still there. The president, Damani Leach, former NFL League employee, still there. And everybody else who watched it all happen. Oh, all right. There's more. Now, a quarterback having an office and a place to watch film is normal. But all those things get magnified when you're losing. And all that other stuff, I've never heard of it. We're not doing that. And that, and that was in regard to him having a uh, personal quarterbacks coach with him last year in Denver, who would, in addition to the, the coaching staff, which was like 25 deep, they also had his personal guy on site. Which is not totally unheard of, right? I mean, that's- Yes, it's totally unheard of. That you wouldn't have your own personal quarterbacks coach in the building all day. Yes, unheard of, Aaron. You'd have your quarterbacks coach, you'd have your offensive coordinator, your head coach. You wouldn't have this guy also there in addition to the staff. You would have them in the offseason or you could work with them on your own time. Um, that was a first for me, dude. And then the last couple. Everything I heard about last season, we are doing the opposite. And the last one, 
They can only beat the blank out of you so much, but everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell. It was a poor offensive line. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. (sighs) Okay, so let me unpack this a little bit. That happens on Thursday. My phone's blowing up because A, it's just an unbelievably candid interview with a head coach. B, you never, never on the record hear a coach talk about the previous coach like this. It's almost like, what do they say? There's a code amongst thieves. And this one, there's just mm. like, there's a, there's a code, you know, you, uh, Omerta almost like we're all in this together. We're all going to cross paths. We're all going to know someone who knows someone. You don't do that. Um, he did it. And he did it at Nathaniel Hackett, who universally is beloved by people who know him as a guy. Like I, we've had him on our podcast. I think Aaron, you, you got a feel for Hackett, right? Like just, yeah. Very nice guy. And like sweetheart, like a good man with, with two kids, a wife, Hackett's, you know, uprooting his entire life. He's embarrassed as is how this thing went down. And then I think a lot of people were turned off by Peyton's comments on the surface. And then you look at who he said it about, Hackett, who's a good guy and is well-liked and has been around a lot of places. And people know that he's already been through the crap of it, right? Like he already was fired 15 weeks into his season. He already was the laughing stock last year. He's still got a career he wants to have. And here he is starting a new season and gosh, for it to start off with these quotes coming out, I think that rubbed a lot of people wrong. Then there was a shot at the Jets. Here's Peyton in the article on hard knocks. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch hard knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Remember when former Washington owner Dan Snyder put that dream team together? I was at the Giants in 2000. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Dion's there now. Well, that team won eight games or whatever. So listen, just put the work in. On that, like the Jets, the Jets didn't, they didn't ask for hard knocks. Like the league asked <laughs> the Jets to do hard knocks. The Jets resisted. The league pushed harder. The Jets resisted. I don't think the ownership group of the Jets were looking for a Hall of Fame game and hard knocks. So like Sean suggesting that that was the case is whatever. And then Sala obviously had his comments. If they're not hating, you ain't popping, which I respect. I'd never heard that line before. Also liked it. So now you've got Hackett. You've got the Jets. Jets being compared to the 2000 Washington Redskins, which was a team in infamy that was like a dream team that went bust. And for 24 hours, everybody is a buzz. So then uh, Sean gets to the podium. And I think everyone's expecting this grand apology or him doubling down. And he kind of goes in between. And this is what Sean Payton says. Listen, I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. I said this to the team. We've had a great offseason relative to that. I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran, stepping in it. It was a learning experience for me. A mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. I needed a bit more restraint. I regret that. End quote. Um, So he's apologizing. But he's not apologizing to Nathaniel Hackett. He's not apologizing to Robert Sala so much as to saying... I'm I'm annoyed that I said too much. I went over the line when I was talking on the record um, and I should have kept that in-house or I shouldn't have said any of that stuff publicly because it started this whole thing. It's a distraction. Fine. But as of now, I don't, I, I've got no indication that he's apologized to Hackett. Apologized. I don't, like I said, 
I don't think Sean Mines is being out there. I don't think that Sean Mines, hey, cause a little chaos here. Cause a little something. Take a take a bat to that pinata and just whack it or the beehive or whatever you want and wake this team up. We're going to be a relevant team. Like this is Peyton, okay? But there's a human element to this that that this impacted a lot of people. So lead up to Sunday. Aaron Rodgers might be the most difficult interview to secure in that I think he sort of operates on his own as far as who he talks to, when he talks to them, what he wants to get out there, and in what forum. So if you see, historically, he's done Pat McAfee every week. He'll do the podium for the team. Um, He'll do Aaron Andrews. He's great with Aaron. He did a Kyle Brandt interview one time on a podcast. He does – he did – PMT with Big Cat and uh, PFT Commenter, and they were hilarious last summer. Uh, and he's done Good Morning Football with us, Super Bowl in Minnesota. And then when he was doing Jeopardy tryouts for the host for Trebek, he did our show and was awesome. But I'll be honest, completely candid, I personally haven't had any interactions with Aaron Rodgers and probably since then. So I don't, I, you know, I do my show and, you know, since since the Jeopardy stuff, like, We've had a ton of things happen with Rodgers, whether it be off the field, on the field, whatever. But like, I don't have this relationship with Rodgers that I do with others around the league. So I'm just wondering, we're coming to Jets camp. I'm on behalf of NFL Plus. It's a big thing for us. It's NFL Network. I got the NFL Network logo on me. Um, they're sending me out there. I can probably get Sauce Gardner or Quinnen Williams or... Sala to to come speak with me. And those would all be great. And I would love those guys. And they're awesome. And Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb would be great guests to have. I was like, but I'm here for the big fish. I want Rogers. So I start planting the seed with not only the PR staff, but with some coaches on that staff saying like, hey, I'm coming Sunday. Uh, if you can speak to Rogers, I would love to do it with you, whatever. I don't hear anything back. About Saturday night, I check in with the Jets PR staff and I say, uh, I know it's a Hail Mary, but is is Rogers willing to sit with me for 10, 15 minutes on NFL Network? And uh, the response I got was, we'll see tomorrow, but he, he certainly didn't say no. So I'm like, all right, we're in the game. You know, like we're in the game. Um, it, I'm not looking to curry favor to Rogers at all. I just want to get the interview. And all along, I'm thinking, all right, Hackett's biggest supporter is Aaron Rodgers like biggest supporter. And those guys are best, best friends. And Rogers is also candid. So if you get Rogers to talk about Hackett, you're going to get a great defense of Hackett. And that's going to not only rally his teammates in New York, but also send a message around the league. And I'm sure we'll make news. But I also didn't want to position it as hey, talk about Sean Payton, because that could just shut it down right away. That is the journalism in this thing. I wanted to let him take it wherever he wanted. And if he doesn't address it, that's cool. But I want to give him the opportunity to, right? So practice is going on and it's awesome. Aaron, like the Jets are clicking and the fans are vibing and it's really cool scene. And the hard knocks cameras are there and Rogers hits Lazard in the back of the end zone. And it's, it's fantastic. It's a touchdown. And everyone's rather than whistle blows practice over. And then I see Rogers and we make eye contact and he gives me the nod. And I'm like, all right, I think I'm in. 
And I have an amazing producer at uh, NFL Network that does these things on remote with me. Christine Martin is her name. I think Christine's the best at what she does as far as field producing goes. And she's never in my way. She's never the story. She's never, she just, it's all ready for me. Whenever I get to wherever I'm working with Christine, she handles all the logistics and she like lets me do my thing. I'm not like every reporter. When I get to these things, I'm looking to be alone. I like to mingle with a coach and have an off conversation. I like to talk to an owner. I like to talk to general manager. I, I don't like being in a gaggle of reporters. I don't need to be with other media guys. I am solo mission. Let me get what I need to get and get conversations done. Christine lets me do that. She, let, she knows that. And when I have to be on air in one minute, she's like, Peter, you got one minute. I come in the chair and we go. Not a lot of downtime. So Christine's like looking at me and she's like, I, I, think, I think we got it. We got the two chairs set up. And from what might have been Mars, I swear, Mars, as Rogers is coming over, right in front of me, Jason Garrett stops Rogers. I didn't know Jason Garrett was there. I didn't see Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, the old Cowboys and Giants coach, and Jason Garrett uh, now on NBC. And Rogers starts dapping him up and they're talking. And it's 10 minutes, it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, Jason Garrett. Uh, Jason Garrett better have uh, six hours worth of airtime on Thursday night's fame <laughs> game because he just talked to Aaron Rodgers longer than anyone has in the history of time. You know, I remember this another time I was at a Bears Packers game one time and Rodgers spent most of the pregame not working. Oh, he was hurt. And it was Brett Hundley playing quarterback and he was just talking to Kenny Mayne the whole time. So I'm like, Rodgers will do this. Like, if he respects you, he will talk to you off camera, off mic. He will get to know you. So there he is talking with Jason Garrett. And I'm like, this might be done. Rogers finishes up. And then whew, as he's coming over, Tim Boyle's family is there. Who's Tim Boyle? He's one of the backup quarterbacks of the Jets. He was with the Packers. Rogers loves that family. I want to say Boyle's grandma or his, his, his wife's grandma was sitting there. <laughs> so he's talking to her at another 10 minutes. Finally, Rogers comes over and he's like, we doing this? I'm like, hell yeah, we're doing this, bro. You're going to do it? He's like, yeah. We dap each other up. And he's like, let's do it. And he apologizes. Like, I'm sorry for all that. I'm like, dude. It's all good. In the minutes leading up to it, I was talking with Eric Gelfand, who's the PR guy of the Jets. And he, Gelfand had told me he had just seen Oppenheimer. And I was talking to him about it. And I'm like, I want to see it. And I'm like, do you think Rogers has seen it? He's like, I don't know if he's seen it, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And I know that Rogers is a cinephile. This guy loves movies. He has thoughts and takes on movies. And I also thought that'd be a great way to start the conversation. So with no further ado, here is the Aaron Rodgers interview from Sunday afternoon at Jets Camp. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Thrilled to have Aaron Rodgers here with me after Jets practice. Aaron, uh, I said it on the air. The vibes are immaculate. Like, I don't know what the kids say these days, but that's what I felt like. It just feels good. Great. Do you feel that energy when you're out there at this practice field? I do. I mean, the first day that we walked out with fans, I heard a you know, nice ovation over there, and it's been the same every day. Uh, it's exciting. There's a lot of energy around here, a lot of people proud to wear their Jets apparel, which is awesome. 
But we got a good thing going. I think we're progressing on offense. Our defense has definitely been ahead of us to start camp, but it's fun. I, I love uh, I love the whole process. You got to love the journey if you've been doing it as long as I have, and, and I definitely do. Yeah, and you look at the last few weeks, it's been football. Of course, before that, though, you got a chance to kind of do New York a little bit, and I love that. I, everyone's talking about the Knicks and Raiders. I love that you're at the Tonys. You go to the Tonys, and like, what's your feeling of just New York City? And you've obviously been there a million times, but to be living so close to the market and enjoying the fruits of that as well. I love it. I'm having a blast. I grew up in a small town, a lot of small towns in Northern California. I've dreamt since I was a kid of being in a big city. I moved to LA and San Diego, and so I've been to some of those on the West Coast. But I'm loving the East Coast. I'm, I'm really loving the city. I'm loving Jersey where I'm at. Met a lot of great people being out and about. Done a lot of incredible things from uh, you know, a hockey game at MSG, a couple of Knicks games, Taylor Swift concert, Ed Sheeran concert. We've been to Wicked and now Back to the Future. How the is the night. Back to the Future? Because It that's is new. a must watch. Yeah? If you're a fan, oh, come on. and I'm a fan. I go DeLorean, we can go deep. I'm a 1-3-2 though is my order. <laughs> I'm a big fan of three, a lot you're of like people three. aren't. I love three. The Western. It's the second best, 1-3-2, that's for me. See, two was my one with the hoverboards. I was a kid, yeah, I was like, oh, the, the Cubs the, the, the alternate timeline though is, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, have you it's seen Barbie or Oppenheimer in a dual Barbenheimer yet? I have not, I heard about you know, there's some stuff going on, the atom bomb going off yes. during some parts in the movie. Haven't seen it, but I've seen I've seen Oppenheimer. You've seen it? Yeah. Loved it? I thought it was great. If I would have watched it at maybe six o'clock yeah. in, the, in the evening, I would probably would have loved it because it was nine o'clock. Yeah. That's, I that's really, really liked it. Christopher Nolan guy tired. or no? I'm a huge, Me yeah. Too. I'll tell you what my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, though, is The Prestige. The magician, it's the incredible. prestige. I thought you were gonna go like Memento. No, 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 even no. Tenet, which I'm Christian still Bale to and Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. I love it. Michael Caine, fantastic movie. I've seen that like 50 times. I love that movie. I love it. Um, all right, so then you get here with the Jets. Where you got, you got young guys, you got old guys. I see you talking to the defensive backs. I see you talking to the running backs. And I was talking to some folks here. I'm like, that's not every quarterback. Do you feel that responsibility of? All right, I know I'm the quarterback, but I'm also held in a certain regard, and I'm also the veteran guy in this building. That's just how I go about business. I mean, I enjoy the conversations across the line. Uh, there's been a lot of great communication between the offense and defense. I want to keep encouraging that. Part of that's me leading by example and going to talk to those guys. We ran an adjustment play down at the goal line. They passed it off really nice, and I just want to know, hey, what did you see there? Yeah. So complimenting them on what they're doing starting a conversation, and then that leads into another conversation about a different play from the drive. So that's how you get better. You know, we want to beat each other up on the field and the practice field, but we also want to grow together. How we're going to do that is, is communicating. So let's make it as hard as possible on each, on each other. So if we're giving something away, if we're tipping something off, if something that we're doing gives somebody else a problem, let's communicate that. Maybe after practice, if yeah. you don't want to get the yeah. in-game competitive advantage, but that's how we're going to grow as a as a team. And, and I just got to be a part of that, lean by example. And, and that's just honestly how I practice. You know, I love talking to defense. I love hanging around the D-line. The D I got a great spot in the locker room. <laughs> right next to some at? of the funniest guys on the team. I got Al Woods over here. Yep. I got kind of offensive guys over here. We got Al Woods over here. Quentin Jefferson comes over every single day and sits down and talks. We got <laughs> Dwayne Brown here. It starts this big conversation. I like just listening to because yeah. those guys are some of the funniest guys on the team. And and uh, and JFM too, uh, John Franklin, Franklin Myers. Myers sure. He's hilarious. So I got a good group of guys that just kind of just eavesdrop on those conversations every day. Yeah. No. And it's you guys now have a stretch coming up where it's not only the Hall of Fame game. It's also going to Spartanburg to do joint practice with the Panthers. You're going to get on the road a little bit here. This is where a team kind of gels August time. Um, 
have you prepped these guys at all, what this is all about, or is it just, let's just go and see how it goes, or is it, hey, this is the start of the season, now we're stepping it up a notch because we're getting on the road together? Well, I think naturally the energy kind of uh, picks up a little bit once it's real. Now, a lot of the starters probably won't play a whole lot in yeah. the preseason, so our preseason is going to be those joint practices, which are always interesting because there can be some fights and some, mm -hmm. uh, some intensity going up, but I think that's the good part about it is because every step is a ramp up throughout the season from OTAs to training camp to preseason to the regular season to playoff, time, you know, playoff prep to being in the playoffs. It just, there's always just a little bit of a notch that goes up. It's not like, hey, oh, now we got to yeah, play around. a little more. Yeah. It's just like the focus kind of tightens a little bit. The, uh, the intensity is, is, uh, is heightened slightly and, and the awareness about how important each step in the journey is kind of goes up a little bit more as we get onto this, this part of the journey. I'm not going to ask you about Sean Payton's comments directly, but I will ask you to maybe address Nathaniel Hackett as a coach and what he means to you and what he can bring to this Jets team. That story goes out there. I had about a million texts from people in the coaching community saying that was out of line. Was there... Yet you see Hackett out here. He's still pumped up. I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside. And yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back. He's always had yours. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett and... Those comments were very surprising to, for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay, kept in touch, um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Yeah. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, how he cares about the guys, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Respect that. Respect that. That's fair. Um, in closing, you've got all these guys from the Green Bay years with Hackett, but obviously Lazard, and I see Cobb, and Billy Turner, all these guys. Does it feel like, hey, we're getting the band back together a little bit, and let's go do something special right now? I'm excited about all those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the new guys that we got as well. And just everybody's new to me, really. It's just getting to know these personalities. It's nice, you know, being able to sit sit down in you know, my locker, and there's Alan, you yep. know, who I've known for a long time now. And Billy's just down the way. And Billy and I have a really close relationship going back to his first couple years in the league and just so much respect for the man that he is. Uh, and he stood up for, for Nathaniel because he played yes, for he him did. last year. And he's a warrior and played through some, some injuries and never complains. Uh, incredible locker room guy. And I think that's what, you know, what Joe and his staff and, and Robert have really put together is a lot of really high character guys. And I think that's important when the going gets tough and also when the going is is really really good so we got to understand how to handle the success when everybody's praising us and the low points when uh things aren't going as well as we wanted to and it's those in those moments where the character can come through and i like the uh the makeup of the squad i think we're a really high character group and and we'll be tested throughout the season but uh i trust that we'll stick together i'm going to close with this what you did last week financially with your contract it's a testament to not only you but also your belief in this team um it was rare it was a surprise to many, and yet, if you know Aaron Rodgers, this has been your story all along. I want to win, and I want to get a chip. 
the reaction amongst your teammates when that news came out and, hey, I'm in this not just for one thing, but maybe for two, and who knows from their point on? Well, I mean, I appreciate the support for sure. And I understand what the contract was and now what it is. I'm paid extremely well. And I feel great about the contract. I felt like uh, I could alleviate uh, some cap stuff, also free up some cash in order to keep getting some players. Joe and I have been in constant dialogue about the roster and any ideas I have and uh, what he's thinking about, what the moves he wants to make. And it's been a great relationship with, uh, with Joe. And I felt great about it. You know, it, it, there's been times over the years where I've, you know, helped to lower my cap number. There's the times I've signed at the top of the market and known in three or four years it's going to be more in the middle of the market. Uh, Green Bay was extremely financially supportive uh, for me and generous, and I appreciate that. Um, and I feel really fortunate to be making the money I'm making. And I think everybody's happy uh, from a cap standpoint, from a cash flow standpoint, and. I'm really happy too. Okay. Hard knocks, not so bad, huh? No, no, they've been great. They've okay. been they've been great. Good. We like that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, awesome. I know this was longer than probably expected, but I always love catching up with well, you. I like you, so I give you <laughs> a lot of latitude. I'll take it. Uh, on behalf of NFL Plus, NFL Network, everybody, good morning football. We just love having you on, man. Good luck with everything this season. Thank you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And from that point on, when you heard... Uh... Getting my coach's name out of your mouth, uh, it was it was headlines everywhere, and uh, I'll tell you what it it was a it's one of those things when you're on the this the clip and your face is on ESPN and it's your name and all things you get a thrill, but you also start thinking about okay, do I have to reach back out to to Peyton? Do I have to talk to anyone else? And I'm just like, you know what, I served it up. Rogers took it from there. All is fair in love and war. I haven't heard from Sean Payton since the interview. I'm sure he's fine. Um, I haven't heard from Rogers since the interview. I'm sure he's fine with how it went. But this is two days later when we're recording this. It's still the number one story in football news. Maybe Jonathan Taylor is second uh, or is up there with him and Jim Irsay. But I got to say, it was a rush. Football's back. And Aaron, that's the anatomy of an interview. I'll tell you, it's a it's a thrill, and I and I immediately thought of the podcast, and I'm like, I gotta tell the full story on the podcast. Uh, quickly, your reactions to not only the story leading up to it, but the interview itself. Uh, I loved it. I am a little shocked there was no other mention of uh, Rogers' Back to the Future choices um, yeah. w- with his uh, his movies, but I did love him talking movies with you and. You know, when as I watched it, I was texting you and I was like, wow, you know, you, you brought up the Tonys and, and going to Broadway shows and it opened him right up. That was so well done. Uh, and I loved hearing him talk about that for a bit, too. And, you know, it's it, it, it is exciting to see a coach fight for a player. It's kind of more exciting to watch a player yes. fight back for their coach, too. Right. Like you have, uh, th- dude, the response has been so overwhelmingly positive towards Rogers yeah. for having his guys back. 
You know, to have his guys back. You don't talk bleep about my guy. I think, you know, when everyone is so toxic, like, and, and that's what Rogers has his guys back, and I respect it. Um, they play week five, October 8th, Jets versus Broncos. I'm sure this interview will get brought up. I'm sure Peyton's comments will get brought up. Uh, it's an unlikely adversary, like Jets, Broncos. You go back, they had an AFC championship game in 98, I believe, or 99. Um, but this, this came out of nowhere, I think. I don't think ever, anyone thought two weeks ago that Jets-Broncos would be a game you circle on the on the schedule, but right. here we are. Uh, real quick on the journalism side of it, like because my question where I say I'm not going to bring up Sean Payton's comments, I'm not going to harp on that, but I did want to give you the opportunity to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. Is so much different than can you respond to Sean Payton's comments? Right. Yeah. Or worse off, talk about Sean Payton's comments. It was defend your guy. Let us know at home. You're on a big platform right now who this Hackett is. And he did that. He mentioned his family. He mentioned that he's arguably his favorite. And then you see as he's getting momentum going, he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to. I'm going in. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going in. And he did. Um, gosh, I come out of this thing. I respect the hell out of Rodgers. And I thank the Jets for giving me that opportunity. And I thank uh, all you, the listeners of the podcast and those who are at home and who tweet and all that stuff for being supportive of the interview. Because, again, it's not every day that your interview is the one that blows up. And uh, it's been pretty cool to watch. That's the episode, Aaron. We're just going to do that. I figured that was a cool, different way to do it. I don't think we're going to get a bigger guest than Aaron Rodgers. So we'll take it Um, till next week where we'll have another guest. And we'll have more out of you and we'll have more out of me and we'll have more football to talk about because the preseason is starting. We have a Hall of Fame game Thursday. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers will probably be interviewed on the sidelines. So (laughs) we'll keep our ears open for that. But on behalf of uh, you, Aaron Juan Kaufman, me, Peter Schrager, uh, the great Jason English and all the folks back at the uh, NFL studios out there in L.A. and iHeart in New York. Uh, Thanks for listening to the season with Peter Schrager. Uh, We got another one up ahead next week. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.